0: This is a folk tale from Slovenia, and it's called The Three Peas. Now there was once a poor man, and he lived with his wife and his son in a small hut. Now it came the time that he didn't have any money to buy any more food, so he told his young son he would have to go out into the world and find his own fortune. But he gave him one piece of advice. He said, Son, "'Pick up off the road the first three things that you find. "'They may be lucky for you.' "'So the young man had a little bag on a string "'which he slung over his shoulder, "'and he walked off along the long, long dusty road. "'Now he'd walked for a while "'when he saw that there was a pea lying in the middle of the road.' "'Remembering what his father had said, he picked the pea up and he put it in his bag. "'And he carried on walking along the road again, and he found a second pea. "'So he pecked it up and he put it in his bag along with the first. "'And then he walked and he walked, and there in the middle of the road was another pea. "'So he pecked it up and he put it in the bag along with the other two peas.' and he walked and he walked for a long long time until he was very tired and he came to a castle and he went and knocked at the door the castle was was uh, the door of the castle was answered by the countess who lived there who had her daughter alongside her now the daughter was about the same age as the young man and the two of them looked at each other and you know this young man was very very handsome And the girl was very pretty, and they looked at each other, and they smiled and blushed a bit. And the mother, the countess, she looked the young man up and down and up and down, and she thought he was such a good-looking and well-mannered and polite young man that she started to have her suspicions about him. Maybe he wasn't what he seemed. "'He asked if there was any chance of a shelter for the night, "'and she said, of course, come in. "'So in he went. "'Well, the countess went off to the count, her husband, "'and said, you know, there's a young man "'who's come here for shelter under our roof tonight, "'and he's just dressed like a peasant. "'But he's so handsome and his bearing is so noble "'and he is so polite.' That i think that he is actually a nobleman in disguise i think that he is an important person who is going around just seeing how the other people in this in this kingdom lives i think we should take him in and be good to him i've always gone with your counsel said the count you're a wise woman And if you say so, then I'm happy to agree and go along with it. So the young man was given food, and then the countess decided that she would put him to a test. Now, she said, if he really is a nobleman, if he really is a wealthy man in disguise as a beggar, then we will give him "'an uncomfortable bed for the night. "'And you,' she said to one of our servants, "'I want you to hide under the bed, "'and I want you to report back to me tomorrow morning "'what sort of a night he had. "'If he truly is a nobleman, as I think, "'then he will not get a wink of sleep "'in that uncomfortable bed. "'He would be used to better things.' So that evening, after they had eaten, the young man was led to his room by the servant, and he was shown to a very poor bed. It was a wooden bed, and it had a straw mattress under it. Now, this would have been absolutely fine for the young man. He didn't sleep on anything better than that himself. But— He was worried that the only possessions that he had in the world was in that bag that was slung over his shoulder. And he worried that maybe, maybe the people in the castle weren't honourable and they might try to steal his meagre belongings. So he decided to put the bag under his head that night to sleep, rather than hanging it up. Now, the thing is, the bag didn't have any fastenings on it. It was just an open bag. And whenever the boy put the bag down on the pillow, then the three peas that were in it would roll out. The one would roll out, pop. And he would pick it up and he would put it back in and pop. Another one would come out. And he would put it back in and pop. Another one would come out so he would put that in and pop, another one would come out, and that went on all night, he got no sleep, he was twisting and turning in his bed, catching his peas and putting them back into the bag, now the servant who was asleep under the bed, well he wasn't asleep, because he couldn't get any peace with the young man above him, "'twisting and turning this way and that all night long. "'No sleep for either of them. "'In the morning the servant went to the countess, "'and she said, "'Well, what sort of a night did he spend?' "'Very bad,' he said. "'Terrible. "'He twisted and turned, and he squirmed all night long. "'I thought that the bed was going to collapse on top of me several times. "'He twisted and turned that much. "'I knew it,' she said. "'I knew that he was a nobleman in disguise. "'If he was a poor man, he would have slept happily on that bed. "'Ah, he's used to better things.' So she went to her husband, the count, and she told him all this, and said, I think that we should invite him to stay for another night. I want to put him to another test. Of course, my dear, he said, I am happy to leave it to you, because you are a wise woman. So the young man was treated very differently that day they entertained him lavishly in style. And the daughter well, she was there as well, and the two of them spoke together, and they giggled and laughed together, and they hit it off like a house on fire. You could too that those tell that those two were just made for each other. Well, their big meal was prepared, a lovely feast, with wonderful food, and wine was dished up as well, and the young man thought, well, well, I have been lucky, and they are so kind to me. And, of course, the Count and Countess made a big fuss over him. They couldn't do enough for him, and he was very, very happy with the way that things had turned out. So, that night, they said, "'We will send you to your room now. "'I hope you have a good night's sleep.' "'And the same servant, he was charged with the same thing that night, "'he led the young man up to another room, "'which was far bigger and much grander, "'and it had a wonderful big soft fluffy feather bed. "'And the young man lay on the bed, and he sank into it, "'and oh, it was like sleeping on a cloud. "'It was wonderful.' And he felt so safe there. He thought that these people were so honourable, so decent and kind, that he had no fear about his bag being stolen. So he hung it up on a hook, and there it sat all night with the peas inside it. And him, he slept like a log, and the servant under the bed, he slept like a log too." And in the morning the servant went to the countess. The countess said, Well, what sort of a night did the young man have? Oh, he had a wonderful night. Oh, he slept like a log. I knew it, she said. I knew that he would appreciate the finer things in life. He truly must be a nobleman, maybe even a prince. And he's come out to see how the people that he rules live. Well... "'she said to her husband, the Count. "'Have you noticed the way that the two young people have been acting?' "'I have,' he said. "'Do you think love is in the air?' "'I do,' he said. "'Could you think of a better man for our daughter to marry than a prince?' "'Not at all, my dear,' he said. "'So they called the young man to him, "'after he had eaten a wonderful breakfast.' "'And they said, "'Well, I hope you slept well last night.' "'Oh, like a log,' he said. "'Oh, it was wonderful.' "'Well, what are you going to do today?' asked the Count. "'Oh, I'll be back on the road again,' he said. "'And where are you going?' "'Oh, just down the long, dusty road to wherever it goes.' "'Well, in that case,' said the Count,' I would like you to stay here with us, and, if you are agreeable, I will offer you my daughter's hand in marriage. She is very keen on the idea. But well, so was the young man. She was beautiful, and she was lovely, and they made each other laugh. Oh, thank you, he said. Oh, I don't know what to say, but thank you so much. Well, they dressed him in the finest clothes, and they did everything that they could for him. And that very day, the young man and the young girl were married, and they were so happy together. Now, the feast, the wedding feast, went on and on and on, and there was no unhappy faces there. Everyone was happy for them. And... You know, the feasting went on and on for forty days. But then the countess took the young man aside one morning and said, Life is not all about fun, you know. Now, we have celebrated your wedding, and we are so happy for you, and we are so honoured to have you in our family. But now, your wife, she would like to see your castle where do you live so go away this very day and take your wife to your home to your own castle castle thought the young man castle i don't have a castle my father lives in a little hut that's all crooked and falling down that's now they think i'm rich oh no what can i do well, he thought about just telling the truth right away, but, you know, something prevented him from doing it. And he didn't want his wife, who he loved so much, to be ashamed that she was married to a peasant. Well, a coach was prepared with horses, and three bags of oats was put on the back for the horses to eat, and a bag of money as well, and the young couple went inside, and they were both sad. The girl was sad because she was leaving home, she was leaving her mother and father, and the young man was sad because he didn't have a castle to bring her to. What could he do? Imagine her disappointment if they turned up at his father's house it would be a very different thing indeed. He didn't know what to do. But he climbed in the castle, and as they left, the poor girl, tears were streaming down her face. And the tears were streaming down his face too, because he didn't want to disappoint her. And... They thought that it was just because they were sad to leave. Never mind, said the countess before they went. You can spend a while at your castle, and you can come back and visit us. You are always welcome to come and visit whenever you like. Well, this made him feel worse when she finished off by saying, And we can come to visit you and your castle. Oh, it was like a knife in the heart for him he felt so bad. And as his wife was weeping, and he was weeping too, all she could think of was, look at him. He's so tender-hearted that he's upset about leaving my mother and father, and he's upset to see that I'm sad too. Oh, what a sweetheart. I love him so much, she thought. Well, They rode on and on and on and on right through the day. And the princess was asking, she wasn't the princess, the countess, his wife, was asking, Where are we now? Uh, Are we near your castle? Oh, not yet. It's a long way off yet. In fact, if you want, you can have a sleep. I think I might just do that, she said, and she snuggled down and she fell asleep. It became dark, and the coaches were still going along the road, and there was still, of course, no castle. And the young man was desperate by this time, so he asked the coach drivers to stop, and he got out of the coach quietly so as not to waken up his wife, and he ran into the forest, and he hoped that there would be a wolf there or some wild animals that would kill him, tear him to pieces. It would put him out of his misery anyway. "'Now he'd hardly gone a few steps into the forest "'when he met a strange old man, "'an old man with long white hair "'and a long white moustache and beard. "'So what's wrong with you, young man?' he said. "'You seem to be in a terrible situation. "'What's wrong?' "'Well,' he told the old man the whole story of what had happened. Hm, said the old man. "'You know,' I think I can help you there. You see, further along this road here I have a castle. But I'm going away, and I'll be away for a year. So you can use the castle, and pretend it's your own. But I must warn you, when I come back you will feel the castle shake and shake, and then you must flee you and your wife must be out of that castle before i come back or it will go worse for you oh thank you thank you said the young man and he ran back to the coach now by this time his wife had woken up and she was really concerned worried about where he was but he turned up and he said never mind my dear and he put his arm around her and he comforted her and he says don't worry I just thought that we were slightly lost, and I was just checking my way, and I know where it is now. So drive on, coachman, and the coach drove on. Well, after a short time, they saw up on a hillside a most beautiful castle, far, far bigger than the Count's castle, and it was all lit up. Wow! Wow! "'said his wife. "'What a beautiful castle! "'It's so much bigger than ours! Oh, "'It's lovely! "'And this is your home!' Hey, <clears throat> "'Yes?' said the young man. Oh, "'He didn't like to lie to her, "'but he didn't want to disappoint her either. "'Now they arrived at the castle, "'and all the servants were lined up waiting for them and they all bowed low and they courtesied as they went past oh this is magnificent she said and went in and oh it was so beautiful and there was a good meal prepared for them as well well they sat down and they ate and oh it was so lovely and then they went up to their bedchamber and Oh, it was magnificent, a huge four-poster bed, all gold-gilt and beautiful and sparkling and, and so soft when you got into it. It was just like a big fluffy marshmallow. Oh, it was wonderful. Well, time passed, the weeks passed, months passed, and it was getting to be a year since they had arrived at the castle. Now, the young man had been so happy that he thought nothing about what the old man had warned him about coming back in a year's time and them having to be out of the castle. Well, one day what should happen? But the castle's walls started to shake, and the ground shook underneath them. And, oh, it was terrible. It was like an earthquake, only a hundred times stronger. It was The whole place was shaken. They thought the castle was going to come down. And then he remembered that the man was coming back. Oh, what to do? Well, he ran to get his wife, because he knew that they had to get out of there as fast as they could. But he couldn't find her. There were so many rooms in that castle that he didn't know which one she was in, and he was running from room to room, and he ran up to the attic, and down to the larder, and then down to the cellar, and then up to the attic again, and back down to the cellar. And there in the cellar he saw an old woman, and she was quite fearful to look at, and she glowered at him, But he was so desperate to find his wife, he didn't really notice. And he said, "'Have you seen my wife? I can't find her. We have to get out of here at once. Our life's in danger, and if she doesn't get out, then I fear that this will be her last day.' "'Well,' said the old woman, "'I don't know about that. "'You know, The man that you spoke to in the woods there, he is a shape-changer, and he really is a dragon, and I think he really wanted to eat you and your lovely wife when he got home. But I'll tell you what you can do. Go to the cook and order her to take the wheat that was sown seven times and reaped seven times, and grind it seven times on the millstone, and then knead it seven times into a loaf of bread, and then bake the loaf seven times, and then put that before the door of the castle, and all will go well. Well, the young man decided to trust to his luck, and so he went to the cook and he told her what to do to get the... The wheat that had been sown seven times, and reaped seven times, and grind it seven times, and knead it seven times, and make a loaf of bread, and then bake it seven times. And she did as he said. Now the ground shook so much that the castle spun round and round three times. And then they heard the roar of of a huge dragon coming up the road towards it. And when the young boy went out, he saw the most terrible dragon. It had seven heads. And in each of the seven heads, it had seven tongues. And it shot flames seven foot long into the air. And it said, I smell people in my castle. "'Well, is the loaf ready yet? Is the bread baked?' said the young man. "'Not yet!' said the the cook. "'Again the monster roared, and the castle spun around six times. "'Well, again he shouted. "'Is the bread ready? Almost!' said the cook. "'By the time that the monster got up to the door, then... The loaf was placed outside the door, and the monster shouted out, "'Don't you recognize your master? Open up my iron gate!' And it had said, "'No, unless you had been sown seven times, and reaped seven times, and kneaded seven times, and baked seven times, I will not open.' AND THE MONSTER STRUCK HIMSELF AGAINST THE WALLS SO HEAVILY THAT THE CASTLE SPUN ROUND AND ROUND AND ROUND. AND THEN HE AGAIN SAID, OPEN THE DOOR FOR ME, YOUR MASTER. NO, SAID THE BREAD, UNLESS YOU HAVE BEEN SOWN SEVEN TIMES, REAPED SEVEN TIMES, kneaded SEVEN TIMES, BAKED SEVEN TIMES, I WILL NOT OPEN. AND HE SMASHED HIMSELF AGAINST THE DOOR AGAIN, AND THE CASTLE SPUN AROUND EVEN HARDER let me in he demanded no said the bread unless you have been sown seven times reaped seven times kneaded seven times baked seven times i will not let you in and the dragon hurled itself against the door with such a mighty blow that it knocked itself into a thousand pieces it smashed totally and that was the end of the dragon and so the young man and his wife could live happily in that castle full of wretches for the rest of the day.